Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Praise be the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Welcome to another edition of Real Presence Live as Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer are coming to you, priests and pastors from the Diocese of Fargo. Good morning, Father Leffer. Good morning, Father Gross. Once again, it is awesome to be on air with you. It's great to have you with us, and it's great to have all of those listening uh, throughout our Real Presence Radio uh, listening area with us today as we're coming to you from our Grand Forks studios. And uh, today is the Feast of St. James. James, a name so great that two apostles needed to have it and and uh, there's a priest sitting in front of me with the name as well so are, right. are, who's are, going to be very modest about this <laughs> are yes. you are you saint james the greater saint james the lesser do you know Which... i don't really know but i like to claim them both okay uh, so i'm Perfect. hoping that that's all right i love it <laughs> i said go for it <laughs> so without further ado let's go ahead and get things started if you would please father leffer by uh, opening us our program with prayer today in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen, amen. God, our Father in heaven, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you, we adore you, we invoke your holy name upon us, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come now, Heavenly Father, send to us your Holy Spirit, Lord, and giver of life. Come, Holy Spirit, into all of our hearts, our minds, our imaginations, our memories. Come, fill us and flood us with your grace, your divine sonship. Help us, Heavenly Father, to be one with you in all things, be one with us in all things this day. May, through our words, glory be made manifest in this world bless our time bless our conversations may we be an inspiration we ask all of this through christ our lord amen father son and holy spirit amen. saint james the greater pray for us and saint james the last he as well pray for us <laughs> <laughs> Let's make sure that we get both of those included when, when it comes to an invocation like that. Well, uh, we have a lot of wonderful conversations to get into, but in order to find out about those, let's turn things over to our man Aaron at Command Central. Why, thank you very much, fathers. It's going to be a great show today. Josh and Jackie Gal from the Fargo Diocese will be with us to share their, inspir their inspiring story of how God has touched their lives and their family in inspired sharing your journey. Also, get those questions ready for straight talk. The fathers are ready for those great questions on faith. Then in the second hour, have you heard of Blessed Solanus Casey? We will unpack the goodness of this holy man born in Wisconsin with, da with Dan Tracy from the Diocese of Superior. We'll also be sitting down with Bishop John Quinn and Anna Luchny on Endow. We'll hear more about that right here on Real Presence Live fathers thank you very much aaron and we'll be looking forward to hearing from you later in the show as well uh it's not too early to contact us for the straight talk segment later in the hour the number is 877-795-0122 we also invite you to uh hit us up on facebook on social media in order to uh bring your questions to us any concerns anything that is uh in your mind about uh the ways of faith and uh father leffer in late july every year we have a special commemoration 
commemoration of natu- Natural Family Planning Awareness Week. Yes. So yes. as we uh, continue with this, we're going to start out the show with Inspired, a personal story. Sharing your journey. A personal story about the reality of both the joys and struggles that come with practicing NFP as a married couple. This is part of our Inspired Sharing Your Journey segment. Now, what we do with this segment is, like the name suggests, share your story. Each week, we invite listeners to share their journeys of faith as they navigate the waters of life, providing encouragement and hope to those listening. Really, it's one of the favorite segments, I think, of a lot of people in the course of our Real Presence Live programs. If you'd like to share your story during this segment, we invite you to contact our programming coordinator, Brandon Clark, at the number that you heard earlier, 877-795-0122. And today we have with us Josh and Jackie Gao. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Thank you very much, Father. Happy to be on. It's great right. to be here. Thank you. Fantastic. I was waiting for both voices so that I knew that we had both of you with us this morning. Um, first of all, we'd like for you to tell us a little bit about your background, uh, especially as your relationship is concerned, um, how you met and uh, how long you've been together. Yeah, um, so I guess I'll kind of get the, the brief snapshot of it. Uh, it started... Um, 2012, so about seven years ago, um, Jackie was finishing a year as a youth ministry coordinator at St. Michael's Church, and I was she was leaving to become a focused missionary, and I was coming in as the new youth ministry coordinator. And the two of us kind of overlapped a little bit. We ended up leading a youth pilgrimage together to a Steubenville conference, and kind of the the ironic part of it was uh, everything that could have gone wrong on the on the trip did go wrong, and when we got back. We found that the two of us, unlike the other chaperones, we were just fired up about it. We were just motivated, inspired. We just had a great time together. And I think kind of through that, uh, friendship started to form. And Jackie went off to do Focus. I stayed at St. Michael's Church. And kind of from there... Now, we, just we which, uh, which St. Michael's, if you can just uh, tell our listeners, which St. Michael's yep. parish was this? In, in Grand Forks. Okay, here in Grand Forks, right. Yep. Yep. So kind of throughout that next year... Um, we just kept in contact about, you know, how's, how's your ministry going? How are things going? Checking in. And we, you know, we just started to see that naturally this friendship was blooming over time. And eventually that just, it, it naturally, you know, the whole time it just felt very natural. Things just started to fall into place. It progressed to a dating relationship. And then from there we got engaged and we were married uh, January 24th, 2014. So about a year and a half after we had first met and been married ever since, five and a half years now. Okay. Now, I know that Jackie is a, a Fargo native with some good uh, German from Russia bloodlines there. So uh, are you from the same area, Josh? No, I'm from central Minnesota originally. Ah, okay. Very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, Jackie, how did you know when, uh, when Josh was the one for you? You know, um, it's kind of funny that you asked that question. When For a while, I just discerned religious life, and... Um, so many sisters, when they would tell their vocation story, said, oh, when when I came here, or oh, after a while of being here, I just knew. And that that statement, you know, almost it almost seems funny until you've experienced it, but there was just something with um, my relationship with Josh where it became as I just knew. And um, ironically, when we first uh, were on that uh, youth retreat that we were leading where everything went wrong, the Lord just convicted my heart that I would date him someday. 
didn't know that I would marry him, but it was this weird, okay, I'm moving 2,000 miles away, Lord, so we'll see what happens here. But um, sure enough, later on, we started dating, and and I guess I just knew that he was the right one. It felt right. It wasn't a question of, oh, I don't know this or that. I mean, there's always a little bit of that, but there was clarity in my heart that he was the right one. Now, uh, Jackie, is it true that, I mean, both you and Josh had something similar going on in your lives where didn't each of you in your own way have a community of Catholics or Christians that you lived with prior to actually meeting each other? What what did that have to do with your faith journey? You know, um, I think that was actually so um, helpful because um, at one point, you know, I, I lived in community in college um, and I lived in community after college. And then even when I, Josh and I started dating, but I moved back to North Dakota, I was living in a house with seven women. Um, We had four bedrooms, one of which was not used as a bedroom. So we had three bedrooms, seven ladies. That's a little weird, right? (laughs) But it was so great because all of us were were trying to be followers of Jesus. And and we... um, we rob each other the wrong way. We cause a lot of pain in each other's lives. But I'm happy to say that these women are some of my closest friends to this day, even though they live all over, um, because we really grew together. And what did that do for my relationship with Josh? Well, it told me that living with people is hard and that it requires sacrifice, but it's also really beautiful and worth it. And these ladies were able to speak into my lives in ways I didn't necessarily like, but were really good. Well, we are speaking with Josh and Jackie Gao, and uh, we're going to get into the uh, topic of uh, natural family planning and living out uh, that uh, lifestyle and, and the uh, the graces of that lifestyle in your marriage. But we want to hear from Josh in terms of uh, the, the whole courtship thing. Um, w- w- at what point did you know that Jackie was the one for you? Uh, were you uh, pursuing before uh, maybe she was, or how, how did the timing of that go? Um. You know, I think uh, it's it's kind of I, I was pursuing her before, um, and I, I think I continued with that. Um, I, I think part of it, though, I had to realize too, there were certain constraints in our life at at the time that I had to be aware of, and just being respectful of those. Um, but I think along the way, just having conversations. What he was, I was a focused missionary and had a, to be on a dating fast, and so he was trying to be a friend. And at some point, I came to the realization, it's like, okay, something's happening here. So I was like, Josh, what's going on? And he's like, well, mm-hmm. uh, and then he shared his heart. Mm-hmm. But something very beautiful happened in that because it was a moment of honesty. And it was also a moment of, wow, he's been respecting me. Like, he knew that I was on a dating fast, so he wasn't pushing or wasn't pursuing me in a way that he shouldn't be. And then from that conversation, we were able to talk to Focus and say, hey, like, we weren't trying for this to happen, but the Lord's doing something, and and focus plus that they um, they realize, okay, yep, like you're two thousand miles away. Dating fast is a typical um, commitment for the first year for many very beautiful reasons, but uh, you guys are allowed to be off of that fast. So. I think that they're used to that happening among a number <laughs> of their missionaries, aren't mm-hmm. they? <laughs> Very good. Now, uh, so Josh and Jackie, I I happen to have a little inside information here. It's, I may know somebody who helped you with your marriage prep. So, um, yes. <laughs> the I was wondering. Okay, so we're headed towards. Obviously, we want to hear the ins and the outs of uh, 
the lifestyle of natural family planning. But prior to you getting married, and I think this is, is a critical moment in your marriage preparation that you're coming into the, the whole natural family planning lifestyle that actually started in your courtship and in your 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 marriage prep. Could Josh, mm-hmm. could you maybe and it was you know with Jackie supplementing there, could you explain what what was presented to you or the challenge of, of how to begin that process actually in marriage prep? Yeah. Um well I'll I'll be honest, Father, I don't remember what specifically you're alluding to, but I'll I'll remember very clearly, uh, we sat down for marriage prep, and when we started, uh, you know, we we were kind of told the different methods, and we were allowed some freedom to choose, and we, we picked one, and what, what Father had said was, he looked me in the eyes, and he said, Josh, you're going to keep the chart. Every single night, you're going to ask Jackie what her sign is for today. You're going to document it. You're going to do that, and part of the, I guess, the overall theme of it was, in our entire marriage prep, was doing things together how can we be in it together and so for me to be able to do that every single day it's it's a small opportunity for me to continue pursuing Jackie continue to pursue my wife because she knows that this fertility is not all on her to figure out but I'm taking ownership of it too and it's something that um, because we started that in in the engagement process we learned how to do things together how to carry that cross together but um, it also created a level of intimacy that we were sharing that together. And later on, when Jackie started to um, have some struggles with, with NFP, she knew that I was in it with her. And there were times when I would have to sit down and say, just tell me something, tell me what, tell me what was going on today, and I will analyze it with you. And I think if we hadn't started that in the engage process, that, pro- that whole doing it together being intimate in that way, I don't think we could have had a foundation for having some of those conversations, that level of trust later on in our marriage. For those who are just joining us, you're tuned in to Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Josh and Jackie Gao are joining us, a couple from the Diocese of Fargo, uh, visiting with us about their relationship and the use of natural family planning as a married couple. So, so Josh, what, what I hear you saying is that there was this critical moment where both together, you and Jackie come to realize it's not, if this, if this true is a vocation of marriage and you're going to enter into this commitment, it's not mm-hmm. her cycle. It's our cycle as in yours together. What is hers is yours mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Jackie, can you speak to us? Can you reflect back on that time before you're married and before you enter into the, the married life? Um, just what was it like to have this person that you love suddenly sharing that intimate part of you where here you've been bearing it your whole life and suddenly here's this other person who is coming in to to share it with you and maybe bear it with you what what's that like you know um it was beautiful um i had you know obviously the woman understood my body to more or less extent but when you take classes on natural family planning, um, you learn maybe more details um, than you had studied before. And to do that with um, my future spouse, the man that loved me, was really beautiful. And um, I guess like to, to know that it's, the, the man can always be fertile and, you know, if the man is fertile. The woman, obviously, we have times that we are and times that we aren't. And um, it could just be, okay, well, you know, the man is fertile, he'll do his thing, and woman, you figure out your thing. Well, no, that's not what Josh has ever done or even what the message of NFP um, really is about. It's really about 
the couple, so for Josh and me, um, being in it together and um, it never being a burden solely on the woman. It's actually a beautiful chance to talk about what's going on. And, and even in those times, um, Josh alluded to you, that were, you know, when we were married, more difficult, um, it was postpartum. And when a woman's cycle is, is getting back to normal, it can be difficult to navigate what exactly is happening, uh, whether it's a changing pattern that indicates fertility or a changing pattern because of nursing and other hormone um, going on in the woman's body. And so there were t- times where I was just so frustrated, where I didn't know, like, what is going on? We we want to have more children, but we aren't ready for another child right now, Lord, and um, my body is doing crazy things. What is this? And if I had been in it alone, I would have been very overwhelmed and frustrated and struggling. Um, but Josh perceived me, and he, he, he said he, he would ask me, what is your most fertile time today? And when I would have those moments, I don't know, I hate NFB. He was like, it's okay, honey. And he would just listen to me and help me process through it. And I think I think one thing that using natural family planning has taught Josh and me is that um, whether it's in regards to our sexuality as a married couple or in regards to our physical health or spiritual or emotional health, it's about being one together in all elements of life. So when my husband goes to work or when I went to work, you know, he didn't come to work with me, but yet somehow he was in it with me and vice versa. And I think that's one lesson that began in marriage prep when we first started taking NFP classes was learning, even though it seems like it's a woman's thing, Mm -hmm. it's not. It's both. And that teamwork, that communication is something we want to continue to explore. We're going to need to step away for a break, but good news for our listeners. We are hanging on to uh, Josh and Jackie throughout this break, and we'll continue the conversation. Also, 877-795-0122 is our number for Straight Talk at the bottom of the hour. So get those questions ready. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. It's the 63rd Annual PRCA Champions Ride Saddle Bronc Match, August 3rd at Home on the Range Arena. Top PRCA Cowboys compete for the title champion and collect thousands in prizes on the world's best bucking horses. Celebrate past champions or join in the live Calcutta of Cowboys on August the 2nd. The Champions Ride August 3rd at Home on the Range Arena. Exit 7 on I-94, east of Beach, North Dakota. Gates open at 10. The excitement begins at 1. Advanced tickets and information at hotrnd.com. Are you thirsting for God's love, His mercy, His forgiveness? You'll find that and so much more at the Thirst 2019 Eucharistic Conference at the Bismarck Events Center, Friday, October 25th through Sunday the 27th. Guest speakers include Dr. Edward Sree, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Curtis Martin, and Kendra Tierney. Daily Mass, Adoration, and Confessions are available during the conference. Register now online at bismarckdiocese.com slash thirst2019 and download the Thirst app. 
Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it during the week at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith and Business Conference is for business owners, managers, and those that seek to integrate their faith into the workplace. This year's conference features world-renowned speakers that will help you take faith principles and turn them into business practices. Learn how to take your Sunday into Monday on Thursday, August 8th at the Ramcota Hotel in Sioux Falls from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. For more information and tickets, go to faithinbusinessconference.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Inspired. Sharing your journey. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer, priests of the Diocese of Fargo, a privilege to be joining you today. And we have with us Josh and Jackie Gao from the Diocese of Fargo as we're visiting with them about their relationship and the faithfulness of uh, the, the ramifications, I guess, the blessings that come from faithfully practicing natural family planning. So so where we were... Uh, hey, Jackie, I've got a. I want to ask you this, you know, like just in life, as you go through life, um, you know, there's always this battle of living in the Lord's grace or not. And the evil one is out there. He's trying to get us to condemn ourselves and life can be hard. You know, even if you are married to the one that you love and it's, it's a good sacramental marriage and all that. So, you know, one of these key things about a a natural family planning lifestyle is the man pursuing the woman each day. Like that's, that's why it's so critical that he, he charts or he takes, you know, the temperatures down this so that it's, it's a joint effort. Um, otherwise it ends up being like, um, the woman is either rewarding or punishing the man, you know, and it, it it gets out of balance and, and negative things can happen. But I, I'd like to kind of key in there. Can you share with our listeners just from the woman's perspective, what is that like when you're having a good day, you're having a bad day, maybe you're having a day where you've been kind of condemning yourself or a little negative, and here your husband comes and he, he pursues you, and now it's through your sexuality, your sexual relationship, but he's pursuing there, hopefully in the context of like maybe prayer or spirituality, but he's pursuing you. And and does that bring, does it remind you that you're worth being pursued? I mean, what, what does that feel like emotionally or psychologically to know that this person who loves you, even if he's having a bad day, there he is and he's pursuing you once again? Yeah, um, I think it's really easy sometimes for me, um, just being an extroverted person um, who, you know, strives for perfection, for better or for worse, right? For worse, but... Um, to like take it all on my own and just do everything and um, then yeah internally to like to see I'm oh I'm not measuring up in this area or I didn't do all of those things um, and then just to really like live actually kind of like I don't realize it's self-centered but really it's all about like I have to I have to do this it's all about what I'm doing and then when my husband um, who actually really loves me despite that I uh, pursues me and cares about me and shows me that, oh, wow, he loves me. Um, it just kind of gets you outside of yourself for a second. You're like, oh, wait, okay, like, I'm not supposed to do this alone, and he's actually in it with me. And then, wait a second, I guess God's like that, right? If, if the man who loves me um, on a, on a, as much as he can does this, well, then the God who loves me infinitely must be pursuing me even more and gosh, I want to be more aware of how my husband's perceiving me and more aware of how God's perceiving me because um, 
sometimes I, you know, get focused on myself and forget that. And so I think um, to have my husband pursue me, um, both both in like the marital realm, but also um, in the other ways that he pursues me throughout the day, uh, is really great. You know, it's funny little things like like he'll text me on his lunch break, "Hey, honey, I hope you're doing well. I love you. I'm praying for you," or or something little like that um, can be really wonderful. And then there's times where he pursues me, and I I probably react like, Ugh, not again. Like, I, whatever, thanks for the message, honey, but I'm busy today. Or, like, you know, what's your most fertile sign today, honey? And I'm like, I don't know. And I react exteriorly, like, frustrated just, you know, from what I was experiencing that day. But he receives that and continues to do it anyway. And I think that's something in my marriage that... Um, it's really worth pondering when, when you know, you feel like you let the other person down, but they continue to be there for you. And in this case, my husband is pursuing me still and cares about me. It's like, oh, like, wow, like, I guess there's something that he sees in me that maybe I don't see in myself. Hey, Josh, can you give us kind of an overview? So there you are, you're, you're married, children come along, uh, the stresses of employment, the stresses of paying your bills just making it in this modern world and 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 here this is an you know an nfp lifestyle that you're living so so the 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 positive but but the negative can you kind of give us an overview of what what's that like from the man's perspective um in terms of charting nfp you mean yes um yeah um you know i guess the the positives and the negatives i guess kind of go together and, and I don't mean that to demean either one of them, but I guess I, I mean that in a beautiful way. So, like, when I come to the end of the day and I go to Jackie and I ask her, what was your most fertile sign? And she is just upset and she says, NFP's stupid, I hate it, blah, blah, blah. You know, that that's an opportunity for me to just say, okay, well, I'm done. I'm going to pack it up or, you know, we're done for the day. Or Or I can respond differently and say, okay, my wife needs me right now to continue to love her in this. She needs me to be patient. And in a sense, it's an opportunity to take what was a negative, turn it into a positive, use it as an occasion for um, dying and growing in holiness. And it, it seems so small, so little, but, you know, just, just the little thing of, here's my wife, she's upset with this, and I'm gonna, I'm going to get outside of my natural reaction to just quit, and I'm going to ask one more question, or I'm going to continue with with the pursuit in this small way. Um, and it's it's a beautiful opportunity to actually live out the sacrament of marriage and to to lean into the graces of marriage to actually be able to do that. Because then what happens is when I do that in that small way it begins to transform the rest of our married life together. And I begin to see that, you know, other times throughout the day, maybe we're working on a, a common project around the house, we're cleaning up, and she's upset and I'm upset. And there's grace there now to say, okay, I need to take a step back. I need to step away from my natural, just base, base reaction to this. But um, now there's grace to say, okay, honey, what, what do you need right now? How are you doing? So it, it, in a sense, it transforms um, the rest of our marriage, and it's—I mean—it's—it's it's just the bedrock for everything else that we do. 
So, so Josh, we actually have a caller who's called in, and they have a question uh, for the two of you. And we only okay. have about two minutes remaining here. So, But the, the caller wants to know, they said they've been listening this whole time. And uh, could you please discuss in more detail, explain specifically um, what has to happen in regards to charting, particularly biomarkers? A husband and wife have to discuss in detail what's going on with the body. So we, we have some listeners who are kind of interested in the, in the practical. Can you give us in the two minutes here just what it is, the interaction takes place between you and Jackie as husband and wife each day? Yeah, um, I guess kind of the long and short of it, it it's going to kind of depend on what method you use. Um, we use the Billings ovulation method, and we just ask, what was your most fertile sign? Billings tracks um, sensation at the vulva cervical mucus. And working with a, a skilled NFP teacher, they can kind of, teach you how to identify those. Um, so cervical mucus is one indicator that's used. Uh, couple to couple leak, we'll also use basal body temperature. Um, and I'm, I'm not as familiar with that. Um, but those are kind of the two primary signs that I'm aware of. Um, the cervical mucus, also with that, the sensation at the vulva, and then basal body temperature. Well, Josh and Jackie, thank you so much for being with us today and uh, for sharing your story. I know uh, many of us priests have seen the glassy-eyed look in terms of uh, young couples when we start visiting with them about natural family planning. So we hope that this really gave them some uh, in- encouragement and blessings to you and your uh, in your relationship. Thank you, Father. Thank you. It was great to visit with Josh and Jackie Gao today and talking about uh, natural family planning. And so at this time, we make a transition, don't we? Yes, we do. And uh, there are the sounds we're looking for. It is time for Straight Talk, the uh, session during uh, Real Presence Live when you have the opportunity to ask us questions about the faith, about particular things that uh, you're wondering about. 877-795-0122 is the number to call. You can also log on to Facebook and leave a question, and we're more than happy to uh, to, to, to tackle those for you. You know, I, I think um, I, w- I would like to address, the, there's this uh, caller, I don't know if they're on air or not, uh, it doesn't say that they're, they're on the line right now, but... Um, so they, they have some real questions here just regarding what, what happens. And maybe I'll just give a brief overview for the listeners who are out Please. there. Um, so what would happen, here's just a typical thing that would happen. Let's say Father Gross or I, a couple comes and it's time to do marriage prep. And at the, at the uh, that's about a six-month process. At the appropriate time when there's trust established between the priest and the couple, mm-hmm. you, you begin to talking about more of the intimate things that deal with marriage. Um I, I can kind of break it down to three main things is, is you know, top three reasons for divorce or um, money, sex, and God. So if you have a strong spiritual relationship, if you have a, a strong uh, communication relationship in your sexual relationship, and if you're, um, if you're balancing your checkbook, you'll probably have a pretty decent or healthy marriage. At the heart of the communication has to do with your sexuality. And so uh, what will happen in that process will, you know, turn to the couple and we're, we're going to introduce them to natural family planning. Now, th- there's a lot of pressure right now in the modern world about uh, sexual things and, and telling couples that, you know, um, hey, just, uh, you know, be on the pillar. There's, there's various other methods of, of controlling 
uh, fertility nowadays. Um, but basically to come in and talk about how the emphasis on natural, meaning that God has given you this beautiful gift, it's, it's of God and it's natural, and it's possible the couple has never heard this. And so to introduce them to that and then help them understand as man and woman were created differently and, and that, that we need to communicate in and through this, help them understand that it's not her cycle, it's their cycle, and teach the man to relate to the world through his future wife. And so engagement is appropriate time then to begin sharing the, the stories of our bodies with one another and how we relate. And, and so, this, so a typical way of doing this would be to create this moment for the couples to help them learn at a certain time of the day, usually at nighttime or something like that, you, the husband pursues the woman, he approaches her and says, honey, will you pray with me? Context of that prayer okay, what's our, uh, what's our most fertile sign? That fertile sign is going to determine if if they were to have um, sexual relations that evening, the chances of them conceiving are very high, or maybe it's a time of the cycle where if, if they did, um, they, they probably, it's not likely that they would conceive a child. E either way, they together have to work together, communicating with each other emotionally, physically, psychologically, intellectually, spiritually, where they are in their relationship, owning how they affect one another through that communication. So that, that daily pursuing what's their most fertile sign leads the discussion where they are in bigger things. And it, oftentimes it's those things like the pressures of money or the, the pressures of working, pressures of children. That's where they become aware of these things that, wow, that's really affecting how we relate to each other in a sexual way. And so th there's so much behind this. The, the simple statistics are that um, those who are actually using, uh, first of all, to say in general, it's kind of a flip of a coin. There's, it's like 48 to 52% divorce rate, just whether you're Catholic, Christian, American, just getting married. But those who are actually active in natural family planning is like a three to six percent divorce rate. So it really, it really shows that there's something to this more beyond just sexual relationship of the, the husband and wife that really keys in on on certain things. It's One of the best uh, insurance policies for the sacrament of holy matrimony. But we don't just want to speak about it in in that sort of way. Uh, but we want to talk about the fruits of it as well. So we're grateful to Josh and Jackie for that conversation. And eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is the number for Straight Talk, and uh, my understanding is that Jackie may have a follow-up here that uh, she was wanting to uh, wanting to discuss with you, so we'll bring that up in just a moment. We'll also be talking about uh, sprinkling throughout the conversation, as we definitely want to hear from you, whatever questions you have, uh, to talk about the uh, significance of today's feast day of St. James the Greater, uh, referred to for a number of reasons. That way, it's a somewhat unfortunate term. We don't mean to imply that there's an inferiority. You know, James the Greater is living in a mansion in heaven and James the Less is living in a shack or something like that. Um, Acts chapter 12 tells us that James was the first of the 12 to receive uh, his eternal reward. And uh, he must have done something to get on King Herod's radar in order for, you know, in, in order to die by the sword um, before even Simon Peter or, or any of the others. And, and I think more so than any other, with the exception of Saints Peter and Paul and their attachment to Rome, there is a definite attachment of a place 
place uh, with both regard to pilgrimage and devotion uh, when it comes to St. James the Greater, more than any of the other apostles in particular. When you think of this uh, small city in the northwestern corner of Spain, uh, Santiago de Compostela, uh, how far that is away from Palestine, and yet that this has become a place where an ever-increasing number of pilgrims are making the Camino a pilgrimage trip uh, to that location, which can be up to hundreds of miles away for those who are most zealous about it if they start out in the Pyrenees and the south of France and come through northern Spain. So Father Leffer and I, just before we came on the air, mentioned that neither of us have had the opportunity to be there. I certainly want to get there someday. And I think, I think you have that. a moral obligation to go because Do I really? your name, you're, you're under the patronage. <laughs> so you're, Santiago means St. James. Yes, name. absolutely. Um, so there are a number of beautiful things here. First of all, um, there are some symbols that go along with uh, St. James and the, uh, the, the Camino, uh, that uh, pilgrimage walk. Uh, the scallop shell has long been a symbol. It's taken a variety of meanings. There are two particular um, versions of the story. Uh, and so it just depends upon who, you know, uh, which one you, ex- which one you um, uh, accept. Uh, first of all, we should say that according to legends in Spain, St. James the Greater had spent time preaching the gospel on the Iberian Peninsula, but he returned to Judea upon seeing a vision of the Virgin Mary. So the first version of why the scallop shell is important. After James's death, his disciples shipped his body to the Iberian Peninsula, which is what we call Spain and Portugal, to be buried in what is now Santiago. Well, off the coast of Spain, a heavy storm hit the ship, and the body was lost to the ocean. After some time, however, it washed ashore undamaged, covered in scallops. So that's the first There's, version. No, wait, that makes me feel hungry. You mean scallops like the... Oh, aren't those good? <laughs> and the second one, the second version, after James's death, his body was transported by a ship piloted by an angel back to the Iberian Peninsula to be buried in Santiago. Okay, so, but here's where it gets, this one gets kind of uh, interesting. As the ship approached land, a wedding was taking place on shore. The young groom was on horseback, and on seeing the ship approaching, his horse got spooked, and horse and rider plunged into the sea. Through miraculous intervention, the horse and rider emerged from the water alive, covered in seashells. Now, th- those are fantastic. I, so I'm going to throw two cents in here on this, too. So nothing like historians and, and people, archaeologists, and the, these people come along to like ruin good stories. But the um, recently we've been doing a, a, a Bible study on actually the letter of St. James. And so this conversation came up about... Um, you know, who is this St. James who wrote this letter? And so we did some, some research there. And he's probably St. James the Greater because his name appears first in the list of the apostles. And if you look at the language, that's a lesser and greater. So it can be first and second. And, and then there were the times where Peter, James, and John it, were the only three to follow the Lord, his transfiguration, and, Gethsemane, like, etc. And you see in the gospel for today, it's, it's you know, the, the Sons of Thunder, our co-hosts <laughs> that work on the Sons of Thunder. <laughs> not, the, not the Father Waltz brothers, but <laughs> James and John. You know, yeah, they, ba- they basically want to be co-vice presidents, you might say. <laughs> say, flanking Jesus on either side. And what I love about that story is, if you notice, Jesus does not reprimand them for asking, where people will jump on, oh, who are these guys? But he actually says, well, I wish all of you were on fire like this fort. And then I always look at it and says, he says, well, I can't give the right and left to you. But in a way he does because James becomes the first martyr and John becomes the last one. They become like the bookends of the apostles. So you just right. kind of honor it. So he doesn't want to remove the thunder. He just wants to redirect it exactly. in a more appropriate way. And then I think, you know, part of it is the, 
I think it was during the Byzantine time period actually that the relics were transferred to to Spain where yes and all of the ninth century yep. apparently in all of Europe there's a, a road sign somewhere that points to Saint Santiago de Compostela because all the pilgrims during the Middle Ages when they thought it was so dark and nothing was happening all of Europe was pilgrimaging to to St. James. And so. if uh, time permits, we will return to some of these uh, wonderful stories, but we do have some listener questions that have been submitted. The first one is asking, what are the offertory prayers at Mass? Uh, we can oftentimes throw that word around assuming that people know what we're talking about. So this is the moment uh, during the Mass for the preparation of the altar, uh, the procession of the gifts, and the uh, offering of the bread and wine that are to be consecrated into the body and blood of Christ. So that's the particular time frame. Uh, any uh, other details you wanted to share now, about do, that? Do you think, you know, when they say offertory, that's this is the secret prayer, but do you think maybe they're asking about like the prayers of the faithful, or do you think this? I mean, I think okay. I think you nailed it. The petitions, the universal prayer, prayer of the faithful that that goes by a number of different names, which on a Sunday would follow the creed. But once those prayers have been offered and the congregation is seated, then there is what we call the offertory, most often accompanied by a hymn uh, where possible. And um, when that happens, the priest, uh, in a low voice, not to be audibly heard, will recite the prayers, uh, blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, etc., etc. During the course of a daily Mass or without musical accompaniment, it's up to the priest's prerogative to speak them out loud or to say them silently. So that's not necessarily a hard and fast rule where it has to go one way or the other. The only reason I was asking is that then if you read the second part of the Mm -hmm. question there, that's why I was wondering if they're yeah, uh, when is the best time to offer or join ourselves with Jesus at Mass? And, and and obviously there's a number of different ways to answer this, but I'll, I'll take a big picture and then maybe you could give a more intimate look in it. But the big picture answer to that is this. The entire Mass, the entire liturgy, is Jesus offering himself to the Father on our behalf to bring about this union between God the Father and the, the baptized Christians. And, and that's what that liturgical motion is about. So I would say from the very first sign of the cross, you you become one with literally we could say it this way jesus is becoming one with you the baptized christian and he is drawing you to god the father through the prayers the actions the words of the liturgy and and god the father is responding and coming back through christ to be one with you and so from that first moment and then there's obviously these different moments of the mass which you, 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 there's ways of joining yourself in a more intimate way or less intimate way with the action what's going on in these different parts of it but i'd say the big picture answer to that is the whole thing is about you right in Christ, Christ in you, taking to the Father, the Father coming back. If we want to isolate a specific moment, what first comes to my mind in terms of a formal gesture would be at the um, doxology, at the conclusion of the Eucharistic prayer, when would the priest and the deacon, if there is a deacon assisting, uh, elevate the um, the Eucharistic species through him, with him, in him, etc. You know, that prayer, that might be the most formal moment, you might say, where the people see that opportunity to offer themselves uh, with Jesus at Mass, but we don't want to be so exclusive as to say, well, it's only at that time. And and I think that gets to the point of what you were saying, Father Leffer. So uh, we are in our Straight Talk straight talk segment, 877-795-0122 is the number, 877-795-0122. You can also leave questions on our Facebook page. And um, 
Uh, also, we were talking about uh, the Feast of St. James the Greater today. Another important memorial being celebrated tomorrow, Saints uh, Joachim and Anne, the parents of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the grandparents of the child Jesus. And as I've been praying about that and thinking about that, I'm thinking about grandparents. Um, maybe a hundred years ago, there was a little bit more of like an extended family feel where grandma and grandpa were always around more seamlessly and stuff. And it's not quite that way in a lot of cases with a nuclear family and then the grandparents are living elsewhere. But I don't know about you, Father. I see a lot of grandparents who are really pulling a lot of weight with regard to raising grandchildren and helping them out. And they receive, they deserve our credit. And I think especially what's coming to my, my good friend, Father Steve, who works in the inner city of St. Louis, his parishes are there. Or I think of my experience on the reservations where oftentimes it's the grandmother who basically takes in all the grandchildren and actually in Father Steve's parish is this one woman everybody calls her grandma she takes all the kids off the streets and they live in her home and she feeds them and clothes them and kind of a thing and that just powerfully comes to my mind right now is so mm-hmm. this testimony of, of and I personally I attribute my own vocation my my grandmother she had pictures of all her children grandchildren great-grandchildren on her wall she had Alzheimer's very severely, mm. but she prayed a rosary for each person each day on there. And I, I often sit there and think, I think it was the prayers of my grandmother that got yeah. my vocation straightened out for me or got me going. You know, mm. and even I, I'll feel the effect of her prayers even now in my life. Yeah, my all four of my grandparents passed away in a window of time of two and a half years from when I was a high school junior into college. And uh, I will tell people that my grandparents, my grandmothers especially, prayed me into the seminary, and then uh, from heaven they prayed me through it and into the priesthood okay so we've got straight talk going on with father james gross and father jason leffer it's 877-795-0122 877-795-0122 call us what's on your heart your mind your questions your comments concerns we want to hear from you uh we have a listener who has uh, texted in and she says please can you explain to me the first reading on monday the song of songs now monday this awesome feast was saint mary um, magdalene mary magdalene and so obviously the song of songs here and uh i I guess i'm prepared to do this because i just had a wedding uh this past weekend and this was the reading so i can i I can address this a little bit so all right so within the bible there's different um expressions of the word the song of songs you can look at as kind of a poetic expression of romantic love. it's a book in the old testament considered part of wisdom literature so just to kind of root people to what we're talking about okay and so then in it and a lot of people like especially those who kind of want to make fun of of the church and think that we're old stogies and stuff like prudish this, prudish will point at and say oh song of songs how how can that possibly be inspired how that how can that have anything to do with the church well it beautifully does and so now there's there's different layers of meaning to, to god's word always there's different you have the surface then you have deeper and deeper layers of meaning so just on the surface of of this reading you look there and you can see there and it, it's the pursuit of the the lover and the beloved or you could say the pursuit of god and the the one who's being loved so you, you can think of the the beloved there is is a sinful humanity right and lately have i loved too late have i you know i i i i I, I messed around with love too soon and it hurt me and then and then too late did I realize who my lover truly was and then it gives this expression of of basically God leaping across everything nothing no barrier is going to keep him away from that which he has created and he loves which is humanity or broken sinful humanity then you can actually look at it and see 
Jesus becoming the second person Trinity, the Word made flesh, Jesus becoming man, he literally, you could say, is like that bright. He becomes one with sinful humanity. And, and we see this relationship between God the Father and his Son as Christ gets lost into death, hell, the sinfulness, and how God the Father seeks him, and he's, he's brought up from, from the dead, and the two become one. Right, so I mean, there's so many different layers and levels of meaning. Well, Monday was applied specifically to Mary Magdalene because her, her brokenness, her her sinfulness, and in spite of that, she encountered true love in Christ. And so then, even his death didn't stop her from seeking him and loving. And she's rewarded by God pursuing her through her faith, committed through right. love. In chapter seven of the Gospel of Luke, there is a woman named Mary, and we could get in the details of who exactly that is, who anoints the feet of Jesus and white and weeps upon his feet and wipes his feet with her hair. And Jesus says of her, uh, "She has loved much; therefore, her many." sins are forgiven. So it is not necessarily that yeah, it's also mentioned in the Gospel of Luke, incidentally, that um, a rather cryptic uh, description that seven demons had been uh, expelled out of uh, the heart of Mary Magdalene. Now, take that to mean, you know, what you will, but um, we ought not to define her by that episode in her past, but by her desire to love greatly, which found its reward in her becoming the one who first saw the risen Christ Jesus, the apostle to the apostles, as the traditional term is given to her. I always find it's, it, to me, it's such a hopeful thing. You know, like, the, I think of St. Peter, his incredible sins, and then he becomes the faithful one who's crucified upside down, or Mary Magdalene, who was afflicted with sin, seven demons, and I, I, I always see these examples of, I always, like, resist that, that desire in us to clean them up or make them better than what they were because to me that's so hopeful it's like wow if there's room for saint peter if there's room for mary magdalene there's mm -hmm. got to be room for this father leffer in in that salvation that that journey because they they give such look look or saint augustine for example look mm -hmm. look how broken they were and the things that they were doing and to where there's great sin god can transform that and becomes the greatest saints yes. right and this this is the story of salvation and so mary magdalene man she's powerful she reminds me and like you said all these different women who are named mary or was it one or many i was looking to say you know it doesn't matter it's it's woman which to me means humanity and it shows the journey from sinfulness separation from god to being there in the book of revelation the two become one mm -hmm. it's so powerful so hopeful and it's it just inspiring and uh, pope francis recently elevated that memorial to a feast of mary magdalene so that was an important gesture as well Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is our number for straight talk we have a few minutes left to go so uh, get those calls and questions into us right away if you would please so so we had josh and jackie gow on uh, mm -hmm. This morning, and and Jackie actually texted me, and she said, she said, you know, Father, could you share with the listeners the how you taught Josh and I to pray? This was so powerful and transformative in our relationship. Please let them know that simple method and what it was. Um, okay, so we had the NFP lifestyle on where this morning, and the the you know life is hard, and and uh, on its own, and even as a Christian, life is hard. It doesn't. Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation, and so. We need these little resources and things to help us. Otherwise, we're not going to make it. You know, well, one of those things um, with my couples, what I do is I, I, I teach them. So when they come in, it, it has to be very simple, or they won't do it. First of all, the, oftentimes the couples have already been sexually active, but they necessarily haven't been spiritually active, where they're like praying with each other. So we got to we help them understand the difference, and then 
you know, just lead and guide them and give them a powerful spiritual experience, they realize, wow, this is as powerful as the sexual experience, and God's meant them to be together, you know. So it's very simple. The emphasis is on the man to ask the woman to pray with him, and even if she says no, he still needs to pray because he he's sacrificial love. Um, but then he, you know, he asks, and, and almost unanimously, the women are like, yes, please, this would be a good thing, you know. And then the man goes first where the woman is allowed to hear him speak to God the Father, and he just calls on God the Father, thanks for the day, so forth, reveals what's on his heart or his mind out loud so she can hear and and not fix him, but be in it with him, right? And then and ask the Father's blessing, and then turn to his, his bride-to-be or his wife and and to um, express his, his love for her and his blessing upon her, right? And then it's then it's the woman's turn and she expresses herself the man listens not to fix or you know analyze analyze to receive so he can hear and then she asks the lord's blessing she explains extends her blessing upon the man and then in the end they maybe you know hold hands or 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 what have you pray the our father together and express their love as well it just but the simpler the better but it's just a simple little thing but the trick there is consistency to do it every day, every day, every day. And it, if that doesn't work, something better, maybe simpler or maybe something else. But the fact that it happens, that's the mm-hmm. key thing. And then that lines up with balancing the checkbook every day, right? Doing your sign of NFP and your your spiritual health being one. But boy, if those three things could yeah. um, happen, it, yeah. it, it's that you pull the weeds out of Mm-hmm. the relationship you know within that through. pattern of daily prayer for couples one of the acronyms that i like to invite people to do as you mentioned where each one speaks and the other one is listening to what they say out loud rather than just completely internalizing that effort of prayer i like to use the acronym of pal praise ask and listen where the first part you're you know what's what's good that's been happening the second part is what's on my heart what do i need what is somebody that i love need various things like that and then the listen shows that there is that two-way you know uh, dimension to prayer that we're not just an archer shooting arrows at the target and then running away that we need to allow that space and that quiet for the holy spirit to speak to us so yes if husbands and wives in, in whatever form or fashion are able to make that regular commitment how transformative that is in their lives and then so so father gross you and i as celibate men so it's not like we're just imposing something on these couples that we ourselves don't do i mean this is coming from the heart of the church so every night we have a moral obligation to do night prayer and of course there's the church's night prayer which we we pray on behalf of all of our people and it's throughout all the time zones the whole world is offering up this prayer to God but th- th- there's a part there of the examination conscience and there's mm-hmm. many different ways of doing that but for me on a consistent basis each night you know as I think of these husbands and wives approaching each other and pursuing one another uh, on my part what I do to, there is that they say okay where <laughs> where was my wife today how did she speak to me did I listen like you're saying pals you know listening and then I'll, I'll go through all the people I've encountered that day, what they said to me, did I actually hear them? Did I treat them with respect and dignity? Am I actually responding to my quote, bride in an appropriate way? Or was I mean to her? Did I treat her badly? Do I need to repent of this? And it's very similar to the husband and the wife, so that in the morning, you know, when I'm preparing to sacrifice, I celebrate sacrifice of the Mass in the morning again, am I united with my bride in a real human way as well, not just in a spiritual way? 
So all the husbands and wives, if they're doing this out there as well, if we as priests are doing this, then we have a healthy church. You know, we, and even though those husbands and wives and extends their children, you know, they take that form of prayer that they've learned, go into their children's bedrooms or their routine of how they put their kids down and pray with them, hear them, listen, bless them, mm-hmm. love them. Right. And I think this is a powerful way of keeping Satan out of our hearts, yeah. our minds, our imaginations, out of our marriages, out of our homes, out of our vocations. So we stay healthy as well. Mm-hmm. And the key thing there is listening. Yeah, know? and I think with that examination of conscience, if there are days as priests or religious, whoever is praying the liturgy of the hours, if there are moments where we, uh, or days where we have had desolation, kind of loneliness, or what did I, what did I really do? What did I accomplish for the for the sake of the kingdom today? That we're not just squelching that and saying, well, that means that I'm not going to pray at all. We have a recourse to God. We can give that to Him too. So it's not just we're only speaking to him when we're examining our conscience and, okay, here are the attaboys, you know, pat me on the back for what I did, but where we really need it, where we, where we need lifting up too. So that, that dimension of prayer is, is very important. And as we were speaking about uh, the Apostle St. James, we were talking about Saints Joachim and Anne, these wonderful examples. With next hour, we'll be talking about Blessed Solanus Casey, someone who's a lot closer to our experience in America. So I have a question challenge for you, Father Gross. It is your feast day today. It's your name's day. Now, this is very important. I mean this very sincerely. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to love yourself on your feast day today? Is there some special thing? It doesn't have to be big, but some. how are you going to celebrate the fact that your 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 name's well, day is today? What, our fair city of Grand Forks is giving me a couple of opportunities. First of all, I might, I might have, um, I might treat myself to a nice lunch or something like that. Um, there is a, a concert, free concert by the Grand Forks City Band tonight that wow. I think I'm going to take in at the uh, Historical Society. And then... And this is a name that a lot of people will know for any number of different reasons. The renowned Johnny Holm Band is performing a concert in downtown Grand Forks tonight. So, uh, you know, at least I might hang around until I hear Fishing in the Dark. It hasn't been a Johnny Holm concert until he plays the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band's Fishing in the Dark. So, uh, you know, there there are a couple of different things like that. But I was thinking about that, too, that I really need to make this um, a, a day where there's some sort of celebration. And my grandparents' generation did this a lot whenever there was an Antone in the family. Well, J- June 13th, St. Anthony. Anthony. Or, you know, a, a James or, you know, things like that. Isidore in the middle of May, you know, various things like that. The names days were um, celebrations that exceeded one's actual birth date in many of these families. So we have to And, and this, is, again, this is important about culturally, like just on the personal level. And I mean that sincerely, loving yourself in the Lord. It's so important. We, we're so busy oftentimes condemning ourselves or tearing ourselves down, but actually letting Christ have victory in us through the saints. And so, this is how we make our reclaim our culture make it exactly make it and fun being i find being catholic it's a lot of fun it's not this dour heavy rules and all that no it's there's every opportunity of joy and celebration all around us in in the lord there's there's so much substance to it to a to a faithful authentic you know catholic spiritual life and those are some of the things that we want to continually share uh on programs like this uh throughout our local portions of the listening area i want to just take a moment here to thank those who submitted their uh 
uh, questions today for our Straight Talk segment. Remember that this segment takes place at 9.30 Central every single Monday through Friday. So you get your chances five times a week. And I just invite you to jot down particular questions. Maybe if you don't feel quite brave enough to call in, you can submit them on, on uh, through, the, uh, through the app. You can also do uh, the, the Facebook uh, submission of questions too. So up next, we're going to lift up your intentions during our weekly Prayerfully Yours segment where we take the prayers that you have submitted and asked us to pray for and we place those on the airwaves. Later in the show, we're going to hear more about Blessed Solanus Casey, a recently beatified Capuchin uh, Franciscan priest, and uh, talk about his influence in Wisconsin and particularly in the Diocese of Superior. So you're listening to Real Presence Live as we are coming to you from Grand Forks, Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross from the from the Diocese of Fargo, and we have one hour in the bag, another hour left to go, and we look forward to more great conversations. Please stay with us. Mm-hmm. 